growing your beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Meese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. Okay, guys, we are here for another episode with an inspiring beauty boss, and it is Elizabeth Molina, and she's going to really lift you up with her story of triumph. She's just giving me a sneak peek of it, and my mouth was just jaw drop open, so I won't spoil it for you, but we'll get into that. And also, you'll read her bio in the show notes. It is so inspirational. Everything that she's done, she has an amazing following. She's built a great business and also is now a personal brand herself. So you're going to love this episode. Grab a pen and paper and let's just jump right into it. Welcome, Elizabeth. I'm so glad you're here with me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about that because also, I don't know if I just mentioned, but you are a TEDx speaker, which to get on the TEDx stage you know, there's a lot and you shared your story. So tell us a little bit of that. Maybe not obviously we can't go into the full yeah. TEDx talk, but like give us the condensed version of your story and how you started in the beauty industry. Sure. Well, the condensed part of the story, I guess, would lead us into the beauty industry. So really quickly, I was engaged at 16, married at 18, had a baby at 18, divorced by 21 to someone who was 18 years my senior. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess somewhere in the middle of that, I decided I wanted to become independent and have a job and just be like a boss and, you know, buy things on my own and just be independent. And that was not okay with him. So he decided to take me to another country abroad and not let me come back to the U.S., took my passport away. So basically kidnapped me and my baby, our baby, for about six months. And I was able to escape, come back to the U.S., and I was able to run away and I ran away with my baby and $25. And I say this because I want to inspire women to know that if I was able to do all of that with $25, which we know is not a lot of money with a baby, like how do you do that, right? And no help, no assistance on no public assistance, family, none of that. If I was able to do all that and be where I am today, there should be nothing stopping me today because yeah. you all have more than $25 on you. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Where did that courage come from? Oh, gosh. Uh, That courage came from a place where I hope nobody has to be in. But I think when you hit rock bottom, there's just nowhere else to go. So it's like everything is like a free for all. You're like, well, what else? What do I have to lose? Kind of that mentality, which is so powerful because it's like, what do I have to lose? If I ask this person, like, hey, can I do this? And they're like, sure. I'm like, great. I won. If I didn't ask, I still would have had nothing. So I think it just pushes you because you really have nothing else left to do. Yeah. And that's one of those times where like we can all think of like low points in our life. I mean, the way I would relate to that is in 2008 when the you know economy crashed and I got let go. So I had no job. I was trying to get pregnant. I was suffering from infertility for years. And that was like 
the lowest of lows for me because I felt like my body was failing me. I felt like I couldn't get my business to go. Like I just, you know, when you're at that lowest of lows, I mean, I think it's Zig Ziglar says the only way you can go is up, right? Yeah. Like you can just, you have to look up and, you know, if you have to, Les Brown says, if you can look up, you can get up. So you overcame that. You brought yourself back. You saved yourself and your baby. Amazing. And then how did you go into the, the beauty industry or start your business? So I was always in the beauty industry. I was modeling at the age of five. So beauty for me was, I was telling you earlier, I've always seen beauty for women as like an armor. It was always like a power that we always had, even when we didn't have it. Like when we didn't have rights to vote, we didn't have a lot of opportunities. We always had our fashions. We always had our lipsticks, our hats, our purses. Um, so these were ways for us to express ourselves. So for me, I want to say I started there, but really I think getting out of my situation for me was a push because when I was literally, I came back like 3% body fat, like I was emaciated. Um, and that was great for my modeling career, right? Because <laughs> I got a contract right away when I like a week later, they were like, you're, you're perfect. Your bones are sticking out. You look so good. Oh my gosh. Um, I noticed Crazy. that like people couldn't tell that I wasn't okay. Mm. People were just like, wow, you look so good. Like, you, oh my gosh, like, how are you this thin and, and your baby and you have a baby and like, it's, an, it's, it was like an accomplishment almost. And I was like, so confused. I'm like, I was just starved and beaten raped like over and over again, but you're telling me that I look really good. So I was like, there's something there. And I started becoming very fascinated with the, this obsession of people and looks and beauty. And so I started like, you know, I went to school, obviously, but I started to get my esthetician license and my tattooing license. And then I became like interested in lymphatic drainage and all these different modalities of, you know, in the beauty industry. And I was like, wow, like, not only do people use it to empower themselves, but people use it to hide things, insecurities, scars, fix their eyebrows, their lips, their hair, color. And I just became really fascinated. And I was like, wow, this is like modern day sorcery. Like you can be a magician. You can like look like roadkill. Yeah. No offense, right? Like you, you all, we all had those bad days. Yes. And then you can be like a fairy princess in like an hour, like less than an hour. And I was just fascinated by that. Like how freaking rad is that that you can transform yourself literally like Cinderella? And so that was like my entry to the beauty, I guess, to the beauty industry, just coming from that background, like not understanding why people could not see what I was feeling. All they saw was this beauty. And I was like, wow. Right. something here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting because that's all we see like on Instagram, right? Instagram is like the glossiest magazine of, yeah. you know, everybody's curated perfect life and mm -hmm. all put together. And so that can be challenging, especially when you are battling with, you know, all of the mental things that are going on, the health, the physical, all of that, trying to raise a small child. Yeah, that's crazy. And you actually have a really nice following on Instagram. How did you build up that account? What What are your tips and tricks for doing that? I guess my tips and tricks would be, and I feel like that's a hot topic these days, is I, I always think about building community and always showing up as myself. And understanding that Instagram, it is what you just said. It is like, a, it's like a magazine, right? Like, I don't care what you're saying. Like the best things that sell are those beautiful curated pictures or obviously sex always sells. <laughs> yeah. So you'll see those like, you know, those accounts will do well. 
Um, and also the other accounts are the ones where, where you're seeing somebody who looks like roadkill, you know, like you're on the worst day, you're like, your hair's all messy. You're like, oh, I'm having, and people are like, yeah, like I can relate to that. Everything else in between is like, mm, hit or miss. So I would say just, you know, showing up for your community, being vulnerable with them, engaging with them, asking them questions. I feel like that is how my following got there. But, you know, I do still model. So that could be from that as well. People follow me on that. And I do a lot of work, speaking, engagement, and I talk a lot about beauty and beauty industry. So I guess my following is a combination of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're stunning. It looks great. It looks great. So you started your beauty business in in New York City, right? It's in New York City? Yeah. And were you doing both facials, aesthetics, and permanent makeup? And so I have a twist on it called the Molina Glow when it first came out. And I do, you know, special different techniques that people don't really haven't done here yet. I mean, some people have tried to go to my my services and then do the same thing (laughs) in their stuff, which we know is a big thing in our industry. There's always somebody who wants to do the same thing, which is totally fine. If I can inspire someone to do something great, I'm totally for it. So I started there and then I was always fascinated with the permanent makeup. And I wasn't into the brows because I feel like brows are really hard. Like you, That's a serious... You can like totally mess someone's face up. Not that I'm going to, but like, I just didn't want to take that. Like, there's a lot of pressure for the brow artist. Like, I don't know how you guys do it. It's a lot of pressure. Like, you can make someone look super beautiful or you can like really F someone's face up. Yeah. <laughs> you just can. So I love lips. I was like, lips are just beautiful. Like, you can also change someone's appearance. You can make them look younger. Mm-hmm. You can add that vitality back. So I started doing lips because I thought it was just a great service. Like, I was like, like, there's nothing more like pleasing for a woman when you wake up and you see your lips are like there's a little bit of tint on there they're just luscious you just feel young and beautiful so I like that service but then you know COVID happened so took a pause on that (laughs) yeah yeah so I love that you specialized in those things because I always tell my students when you know it's when you're first starting you want to be known for that one thing you can offer other services it's not to say you don't offer other services but really get known for that one thing you become the go-to where they're like, oh, I, I need this, call that person. And then it's easier to branch out once you're known for that one thing, right? Then, you know, once you become that go-to, then your name can grow with other services as well. So, yeah, so that's awesome. And then do you have a time where you were like, wow, I wish I would have known that starting out? Like looking back, you know, I wish somebody would have told me this when starting my business or growing my business, or I wish I would have known this. Yeah, I would say, oh, that's such a tough question because there's so many things. So many, right? Yeah, like so many. I would say that... You could give us a few if you want. Yeah, I'm thinking like, I think you and I spoke about this a little bit right before the call. Just to know that even though you think that you're like discovering something new or you have this special technique... Just knowing that there's always somebody out there who's going to be, you know, interested in your technique and maybe trying to do the same thing that you're doing and just don't be offended by it. Just take it as like a compliment that your service is so great and your ideas are so amazing that people want to emulate that. And so I think that for me would be good advice instead of being like angry and like upset, like, oh, she stole my name and she stole my logo and she's like, she copied, didn't steal, but but copied or very similar. So that would be an advice just to like take it as a compliment. And then 
The other one that I was like debating, like, which one do I say? Is that exactly what you said? Focus on one thing. I, I think we all forget, like, I have so many and we all do, right? We have so many certifications. We've all studied so many different things because beauty is, it's not a destination. It's a journey. There's always something new to learn about beauty. Like it's never going to end. It's never ended. And you know, like you can't spread yourself so thin and then you don't become good at that one thing. And you're like lost. Your clients don't know what you're doing because one day you're doing lips and next day you're doing a vajayshul. The next day you're doing (laughs) hair extensions and then lash extensions and lash lifts. And then you're like, what does she do? And then you're not great at any of those things. You're mediocre. So I would just say, pick one thing that you really love. Yes, try them all. And figure out what really brings you joy because I've done other procedures that like I've done like lashes and I'm like, oh, it doesn't really like make me happy to do it. Yes, I'm great at it, but I don't advertise myself as that because it doesn't make me like when I'm done, results are great, but I just don't love it. To be honest, it's just not my thing or waxing is not my thing. Some people love waxing, just not my thing. So just get to know what you really like and focus on that and be the best at that. Yeah, I trained in lashes and I was never fast enough to make it profitable. Like I was like, I could do this, but this is just going to eat up my time. And also I didn't love it. You know what I mean? I wasn't, it didn't light me up the way permanent makeup did. And so I was like, there's just no point in continuing to do this. And, and yeah. And I also think that, you know, what I see so many beauty professionals doing is they think, oh, business is slow. I need more clients. I just need to offer this service. So I just need to learn that next technique or that next new service And then when I offer that, then I'll be able to get more clients. And one of the things I always say is, if you can't sell the services that you have currently that you do, you know, then it's going to be hard to sell even more, right? So get good at what you just learned or what you're already doing and also just learn to market that. And then your business will grow and then you can get more training, right? So that it kind of funds itself in that way. But yeah, it's so true because it's like, we always think, oh, well, I'll just do that. And it's fun because when we are passionate beauty professionals, the art side, we love learning. I don't know about you. I'm always loving, you know, anything to learn and do and grow and things like that. And I see you, like I see you on a clubhouse in a few different rooms and I see that you have like a diverse like <laughs> interest and stuff like that. I love that. Yeah. I've seen, I'm not, not stalking you or anything, but just, you know, how your name comes up. You see people around and, and see them in different rooms. And it's probably because I'm interested in those same things. Like I'm mm-hmm. interested in manifestation and health. And I think those are the only other places I've probably seen you. But yeah, so let's now transition to you have your beauty business. Is that still going or you're now doing more modeling or how are you balancing all of that? Yeah. So I decided to transition my business online. So I'm launching April 1st. I'm launching my beauty courses where people can learn how to do these things for themselves. I feel like with, you know, the current state of affairs, like everyone is still very nervous. I'm in New York. It's very hard even for estheticians or we're not considered essential, right? So brick and mortar people. And even if you are like, there's some places like New Jersey, Long Island, people like people can drive there, but There are some people who don't feel safe still, you know, even so I want to give the opportunity for these people to say, hey, let me teach you how to do this from your home with an expert. And then you can give yourself these treatments. And and again, I'm not teaching them permanent makeup. (laughs) Right. Yes. Like beauty, beauty treatments. Yes. Yes. Right. And it's more towards the average consumer, like your client, or would it be permanent makeup artists? Is it? 
It's who, more who is your target? My target, well, I have different courses. So okay. my main target is for my consumers, like for my clients. I do have, there have been a lot of requests from artists and from estheticians and permanent makeup artists. I, I do offer a service that hasn't been offered. I haven't been hearing about it a lot, but I do lip tinting for my clients who were afraid of getting the actual procedure. Yes. Yeah. So I would do a lip tinting for them that would last anywhere from two to three months. So they could see, you know, what the difference would be like, how it would feel to have the color. And then when it starts wearing off, they decide is this something that they're interested in. So I offer that service. And I know that a lot of other people from all over the world have contacted me. Hey, can you please do a course on lip tinting? This is very fascinating. We do have clients who are scared and that, you know, it's, it's a commitment to get your yeah. lip tattooed. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so I will be offering that course as well in different languages. Nice, yeah. so good. And so can you tell me about a time where maybe you felt like giving up or you felt like, I don't know if I could, you know, let, let's say after you made it here, right? And now, yeah, you, yeah. you know, no, there's always like peaks and valleys, right? Like there's always moments where, you know, one hill and you get past that one mountaintop and then there's that next mountaintop that you're seeing. I guess, so I transitioned, I was in three locations. I had three locations where I did lymphatic drainage and I was very into like the wellness part of detoxing and like, probably see me in those rooms as well. I'm very well versed in that and I'm you know certified practitioner in different modalities. And so I was very interested in like detoxing and lymphatic drainage before it became very popular, by the way. Um, now it's like everywhere and on all these different, like more like Eastern medicinal things. And I was like, oh, this is great. So I, you know, business was going great. I opened up three and then I kind of didn't feel good because I felt like people like this whole beauty thing came back up again. It was like people who were really sick, who needed the therapies that they were getting were opting out to get like the facial part of the therapy. Mm. Cause I would always throw in a bonus, like, Oh, I'm going to do this kind of facial. It's like a three minute facial with this specific device that will like really like just make you look amazing. And it, it cost me nothing to do that extra thing, but I'm like, I want them to feel good also. Right. And so they saw such a difference in their face and they would go home and people would ask them like, wow, you look so good. You look so young. And so people were just like, I need this. And they would stop coming to their treatment for their health and they would just want to do the beauty treatment. So I started getting really upset. Um, and I'm like, what's going on here? Like, I don't understand. I want to make an impact. I want people to be walking around feeling healthy and happy and thriving from the inside and people don't care about that. They just want to look good on the outside. So I felt like giving up during that time. I'm like, I have to like really take accountability and see what's going on with all my clients because they're all transitioning to just looking good on the outside and they don't even care about what's happening on the inside. So I decided to close down and open up, start the beauty, just the beauty stuff. And then for the transition, it was so hard for me. I almost wanted to give up because here I am having three locations that were fully booked like Sunday to Sunday. And then... I'm like, I'm going to switch to the beauty because this is where people are requesting. And then like people were confused because I guess I was like not sure how to navigate that transition. And I was like, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to do modeling full time. Like F this. like <laughs> it was just like really like a tough week. It was like the two tough first two weeks. And then after that, like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it another try. And then like things turned around very quickly, but it was like, I, I was crying. I was like, this is crazy. I just, I, what did I do? Like, who does this? Like, is, is there something like, I was just doubting myself. And like, do I need more certifications? 
maybe I need to get like license and like that whole thing that you were talking about, like yeah. it's not working. And, and then I had to figure out, well, people are just confused because I had so many things that I'm knowledgeable in. So that's why today I don't really talk about all of those like licenses and things that I've learned because people get confused. Like you said, like, okay, so what are you? What yes. are you offering? People just need very few choices because it's so overwhelming. So I think that was like a low point in the business for me where I was just like enough, like no more. <laughs> I totally can relate to that too, because there are so many things that I've said. I also did massage therapy back before and an esthetician did all of those things as well. Yeah. And so it's good to be passionate about that and you can have that expertise. But then, like you said, if, if people don't know what to come to you for, and then you start feeling torn yourself because you're doing this and then you're doing this and then, you know, you don't have that same clarity. And then how did the TED talk come about? When did that kind of come into or what you say, you know, I want to tell my story. I want to be on TED talk or. And that was something you prepared for or tell us about that journey. Yes. So I wanted to do a talk about beauty because like I mentioned, I'm very passionate about beauty. I think I really do think like, did you ever watch that movie 13 going on 30? Is that with um, Jennifer Gardner? Yes. Okay. I did see it, I think, but I can kind of remember it, but I don't really it's, remember. It's an oldie, but there's a song, Love is a Battlefield. Oh, and yes. Yeah. That's a um, Pat Benatar song. Yeah. I love that song. I love Pat Benatar. I'm an 80s baby. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. I'm not going to sing because I, I don't have a great singing voice because then people will like just shut this off. They're like, stop this podcast. <laughs> yeah. When I start singing, the dogs start howling in the neighborhood and uh, start crying. It's really bad. Yeah. Same here. So, so I was watching it and then I think like Jennifer was saying, she was a main character and she was saying like, love is a battlefield. And she was just singing the words and I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like, that is like makeup. Like you are going out to war, like with other women, you are putting on your concealer. And I, I don't know, I had this image of like, you know, when you're like football players, they put that black thing on there. I don't know what that is. Tar shoe polish. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't either, but I'll but go with black. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like we all know the black paint. Yeah. 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 Or Braveheart where like these men paint their faces and they're going to war. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is us. Like obviously pre COVID, right? Like that is women. Like we do our hair, we put on our mascara, we freaking put on our paint on our face and we go out to war. We're ready. We're going to, we're going to get the job. We're going to get the guy. We're going to get the friends. We're going to just like, that is like a war almost like you go out there, like half the time you go to an event or a party. It's not even for the guy that you're getting dressed up. It's for the other women. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And for yourself and for, right. For yourself. But like a lot of yeah. times, I know that I've had women in my chair and they're like, I need to look better than so-and-so. And so and so <laughs> so I was like, there's like something there. So I, my talk was going to be about war pain and beauty and makeup and how like this impact that we have and how amazing it is to transform us. And then I went, so my, my girlfriend said, oh, you should come and join me at a, a workshop, a TEDx workshop. She's like, it'll be fun. And like, I know that you would love to talk about this kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. I did it. I went there and I'm here I am sitting down talking about permanent makeup and how this is changing the industry. <laughs> and like, you know, now you can wake up and just be like beautifully done. And like with the BB glow and the lashes and the eyebrows and the lips, like there's so much time you're saving and money and you're going to look glamorous. And the, the instructor was like, I love this, but like, I feel like there's a story to beauty. Like you are, I've never seen someone as passionate about beauty as you are. And she started asking me questions and questions and questions. And, I, and then I just started crying because I'm, I know 
that there was a story that I never wanted to share. And I'm in a room with all these powerful women, by the way, and like the CEOs of these companies. And like here, I own this tech company and I'm in Silicon Valley. And I'm like, oh my God, here I am talking about makeup, right? <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. Yes. I just felt like so small. And then she was like, listen, let's make a deal. Like you, cause we had to draft our talk and go up on talk in front of all these women that we just met. And, be vulnerable. I was like, oh crap, like this is not looking good for me. And she's like, you have two choices. Like either you say your, which one do you think would be, she's like, close your eyes and which one would make a bigger impact. Mm. And I was like, oh, why did you do that? And which so, actually, if I could just interrupt you for a moment, yeah. for anybody listening is a great exercise to ask yourself. And even just on the littlest things, like in putting out social media content, right? If you're looking at like, you know, what to put, if you're like, I don't know what to post, maybe you could ask yourself, what is going to make the biggest impact Yeah, and growing your business? What is going to make the big, like in, it's just actually, it's a question like you could apply every day, everywhere, right? Every, like if you have that big to-do list, right guys, we all do, right? (laughs) And I always say, I heard this from somebody else, so I can't take credit from it. It is not a to-do list. It's a get done list. So it doesn't have to be done by you. You could delegate it. You could find other ways of getting it done. It just has to get done. It's not a to do. You don't have to do it. But like, what is going to make the biggest impact from that? Right. And just, so I just, I had to pull out that gem that you just said. So good. So she asked you what's going to make the biggest impact and you knew. I had this like gut feeling. I was just like, no, like I just felt like I've gut sank and I'm like, oh. Here it is. Like, I'm just going to lay it out there. And I stood up there and I told the story that I never wanted to share with anyone because like, I have a brand, like you said, that there's a brand and people associate me with beauty and happiness and elevation and manifestation and just all the beautiful rainbows and butterflies. And then they're going to know this dark side of what I went through. And how will they see me after that? Like, will they still see me as this beauty person? Will they still admire me? Will they still feel like I'm powerful and strong? And how, what does that say for my brand? And like, it was just so scary. So I went up there and I told my story. I was like crying in the middle of it, like snobs and everything and like, and just gasping for air. And then everyone else in the audience was also crying and gasping for air. And then they all like sent me messages like, thank you so much. Like you gave me, your story gave me the, the opportunity to feel safe to share X, Y, and Z. And so I was like, wow the impact of this story. Like if I, by telling my story, freed 25 women that were listening to me, powerful women to feel free to release whatever they had to release, because we all have a story on some level. And if I could provide that safety because they did see me as this person who was almost perfect and I could show them my flaws and they would say, I also have them. And thank you for unburdening me because I, now I feel safe because if you went through that, which was so horrible. And whatever I went through was not as horrible. Like I feel better. So I was like, okay, this is the talk. And then I was like nominated. I applied. They approved it. And you know, the rest is history. Go watch it. <laughs> yes. I'll have to watch it. Look it up. So good. Well, and bring Kleenex. Absolutely. Well, I'm a crier. So everybody that knows me knows I'll, I'll be boohooing two seconds in, but that is so good. And I love that one, that just being authentic, like I feel like that, that elevates your beauty, that elevates your manifestation because 
you're not coming from a place of all sunshine and rainbows. You're like, look, this is the contrast, right? This, I can speak about this because I've also been here. Right. And so that's that life experience that you bring to it that makes it real. And, Mm -hmm. and I love that. And I also love for the listeners that you were scared and you did it like, and I'm seeing this pattern and I see this pattern in, you know, all powerful women leaders is, you know, you have to do it scared. Like you, the fear is there. The fear doesn't leave. Right. And it's also that thing that you don't want to do is like the thing that you need to do the most. Right. right? And, and so you're like, this is the talk I need to do. And even just giving a talk, just start with that. Just giving a talk can be nervous. It can be like nerve wracking enough. Right. And then let alone giving a talk on something that is so personal and so profound and deep and vulnerable. Right. Like that is like takes the, level up just a notch or five. (laughs) And so, yeah, that is amazing. So you did it guys. I want you to hear that she's, she's doing it. She's taking action. And even on your social media, even on your Instagram, you're showing up, you're putting thought into it. You're preparing that I'm breaking it down for them. Yeah. You know what you do on. This is what I see you doing. Like you think about it, there's thought, there's intention, you prepare, and then you take the action, which just love. And so what would be the words of inspiration that you would have for others that are like, you know, I don't think I could ever do a TED talk or I don't think I can. Yes, you can. Yeah. How did it feel when you did it? Oh God, I was, I was so nervous. I was scared. Even afterwards, I wouldn't even rewatch it. I was just like, people were texting me. I didn't want to answer the phone. They're like, you you're so amazing. I love you. You're so brave. And I never knew and I can't believe it. My Some of my cousins, like very few, but like reached out to me and they're like, oh, this makes sense why you're so strong. And you're like, like now I get it because no, like I'm telling you, no one really knew. People knew something happened, but I never spoke about it. Um, And they didn't ask. So it, it was scary, but like I said, it wasn't the talk that I wanted to be. I wanted to be like Brene Brown. I'm like, can you go up there and talk about beauty and how beautiful it is and world peace? And then like, I didn't want to be known as this person. But overall, I'm super happy that I did it. The feedback from the people who need to hear the message, the men, the fathers saying, I thank you so much. My do- I need to send this to my daughter. And like, I hope that she hears this from you. And so for me, that was like all I needed. Like that took away all the, the maybe the regret that I might have had. Like, oh, did I really need to do this? It just, it was just, I mean, it's so rewarding, liberating. It's, it's almost freedom. When you step out of that red circle, you're like a new person. You act like that's not even a lie. Like I was like released from, you know, just from carrying that burden. And now the whole world knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. You, it, that is, that's a great, a way of saying it, like once you let something out, it really does release you. Oh yeah, do it right. Mm-hmm. You're not holding it so tight inside anymore. Yeah. So, what are you excited about now? Like, what is on the horizon for you? What new things are you excited about? I'm excited. Well, I'm doing another TED. So. Oh, you are. What, what's <laughs> it going to be this time? Can you tell us what it's going to be this time? It's going to be about beauty, but it's going to yeah. be like the other side because you got like the dark shadow side of beauty, I guess, like from my perspective. And now you're going to get like the other side, like the, the empowering side, empowering, like almost like a beauty anthem that like Brene Brown step aside. I'm coming for you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be walking together. 
I love Brene Brown. Don't attack my Brene now. Come on. No. I love Brene. No, I'm not attacking her. I'm just saying no, like, we're going to be walking side by side. She's going to be oh, vulnerability yeah. and I'm going to be like beauty. And then we're just yes. going to be like, skipping along next to each other. <laughs> I would love to have tea with her because I would just oh, love yeah. to hear. I, I, I love her podcast. I love all that stuff. So yeah, that's fun. Great. That's exciting. Yeah. Because, and here's the thing. Once you do it one time, like the hardest time, and in fact, Brene Brown actually says she calls it effing first times because the first time is always the hardest. And then after you do it the first time, you know, it's easier. It gets easier and it gets easier and it gets easier. And then it gets harder again, but then it gets back to easier again. Totally. That's that's spot on. Yep. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about my beauty courses coming out. I think that's going to be amazing. I've been working on them for a while. People have been requesting them. So I'm excited to finally give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. Tell us where we can find you, all the Instagram handles and the places. Sure. Yeah. you. I'm most active. I want to say Instagram, but I'm really on Clubhouse all the time. Though. I know. I know. <laughs> that is... I'm definitely on the crack house, which is Clubhouse. Oh, I like that. I think I'm going to call it that now. It is so bad. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's really bad. So I would say Instagram, um, Elizabeth underscore Molina, and you can check out my website, ElizabethMolinaInc.com. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I'm most active. I mean, you can, you'll see like the links to all my other stuff in there in my yeah. link tree and bio on Instagram, but then you can definitely find me on Clubhouse for sure. Like not even like joking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're in various rooms, which I love. Like you're in beauty rooms and some other health and wellness rooms, motivation, you know, all of that affirmations and yes. manifestation things. I love all that too. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. And it all, you know, it all works together, right? Because you, we are multifaceted. We all have these different parts of our personality. So, um, I think that's where I always get resistance from my students when they're like, but I love all of these things. And I'm like, that is amazing. I love all of those things too. But what, what is your front door, right? You can have lots of bedrooms in your house, right? And they can be all different themes and all different decorations and all different whatever. But what is the front door that people come to you for? So, um, I love that you have lots of different rooms and interests okay. and, parts of your personality that we can watch and follow you for and inspire us. And the dog loves it too. (laughs) Both of them love it. Yes. I'm so sorry about that, but I guess they made it on the podcast. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) They want to have their little voice in it too. Yeah. So, so awesome. So is there anything that you want to add that would kind of make this complete for you? Like any, anything that you want to add? Yeah. You know, you remind me, I don't talk about it a lot, but I have this tool that I created called the beauty circle. And those are like the 10 parts of my personality. And I think everyone, and it consists of like spirituality, makeup, skin, joy, bowel movements, sleep, you know, conscious eating, like all these different aspects of what make your life like whole. So I have that as a free download, which is a tool that I use in my work and in my coaching and with people. So I would, I guess I would like to share that as well, because you brought in the manifestation and the spirituality and wellness. And I'm like, that all, I'm like, where does that remind me of? And it reminds me of the circle that I created. That you so you'll send me the link and we'll put it in the, the show notes. Totally. So you can use that to like assess where you're at and figure out what you want to change. And it's just a cool tool that everyone who has used that is like, this is life changing. And it's totally free. Like I'll send you the link and you guys can totally download it for free. It's such a fun tool. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for being with us. Guys, check out the show notes. Make sure you check out her TED Talk and, you know, take a snapshot, a screenshot uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast episode and just tag us on social so that we know that you enjoyed it. All right. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also, definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, Hugs and High Fives. See you next week. Oh,